1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Backers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. On
0: 882 6PR, inspiring stories for Barra and O'Day, WA's family-owned funeral directors.
1: Hello, my name is Tim McMillan. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Stories, brought to you by Bower and O'Day, doing ordinary things extraordinarily well. Uh, my guest uh, in this episode uh, is a champion uh, on the basketball court and perhaps uh, an even bigger champion off the court, and uh, you'll hear why in just a moment. But uh, it's with great pleasure, I say. Uh, welcome and thanks for stopping by, Greg Heyer. Oh, I greatly appreciate it, mate. The beautiful drive of the studio is uh Unbelievable. Oh, yeah, we're, we're living in luxury here now, Croc Media. <laughs> it's, uh It's it's hit the big time. No, it's beautiful being part of the new stadium here.
2: No, nah, it's, uh, it's a fantastic part of the state and, uh, mm. yeah, very, very privileged to be on this show. It's a shame you don't
1: play a sport where you get to play here. Oh, I
2: come here often, <laughs> though, I've hit up the, a few of the Eagle Boys and the Dockers a, a fair bit of the time to make yep. sure that I uh, to get around it. So, um, I mean, I'm seeing a couple of basketball guys transition over to play footy, so I'm, mm. I'm, I'm Obviously, I'm not an athlete, so the Eagles (laughs) recruitment staff haven't recruited me across, but maybe in a few years. Mate...
1: (laughs) You'd possess many of the attributes, though, that would uh, be highly prized by an AFL team. Has yeah, anyone tapped you on the shoulder? You've no, got the height, you've got the agility.
2: Yeah, maybe the agility. Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> I've got short arms. But um, no, I used to play back in high school. Yeah. Um, but uh, now I'm seeing guys left, right and centre and go across. But I've got an absolute shocking kick. When I was obviously in high school, I was privileged to be tall. So I was, it was just stuck me in ruck and tapped it down. And yep. uh, And I don't mind... Getting uh, physical and laying a tackle, so. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, not no eagle because I wouldn't mind their pay packets. No, that's for sure. So. <laughs> well, look, they
1: might be a tall man down for a little while <laughs> if uh, certain, uh, you know, certain ruckmen can't uh, overcome their injury woes. So uh,
2: mate, keep, we'll see. We'll see. Keep the cross. phone on. No, keep the I hope phone he comes on. sooner or later.
1: But look, uh, Greg, you're you're a multiple NBL championship yep. winner, but um, you are known uh, as much for your work off the court as you are. On it so much so that uh, you've been named uh, Young West Australian uh, of the Year, um, and uh, a nickname that uh, you carry of the Mayor of Wannaroo. <laughs> yeah, well,
2: unfortunately now because I'm playing at Rockingham, that's I know that's under threat. Yes, yeah, exactly yeah. right. So, I actually played my first uh, one of my first games, and the, the courtside announcer asked me if he, if he could call me Mayor of Rockingham, and I said, "Oh, <laughs> I'm sure there's a few of those around." But um, no, nah, look, I mean, obviously the work that I do off the court is something that um, is I guess a huge part of my life, Um, uh, you know, to to receive the accolade of, I guess, or being acknowledged of, WA Young Person of the Year one. um, It's nice to be still recognised as being uh, young, even the (laughs) praise is starting to come in. (laughs) But um, you know, you never do that for the awards. Everyone always sort of sort of say that, but it's sort of a good recognition for more so the importance of the issues that we're going, talking about mental illness and mental health, and the work that the organisation has done. And I spent a considerable amount of time building that up for the last three or four years, and. Um, you know, you can either two ways of being a professional athlete. You can consider yourself as a role model, or know that you're a role model, but not really partake in any of those sort of activities. And I'd go with the the, the earlier one. So, mm. it's a huge part of my life. It takes a considerable amount of time and my energy, but it's something that i yeah truly know makes an impact on other people's life. Mm. So I always want to continue doing so.
1: A, a stitch in time uh, is the name of that charity. Can mm. you just tell us what is it? What do you actually do?
2: Yeah, so basically, uh. A not-for-profit organisation running uh, mentoring programs, um, not just speci- specifically in uh, remote communities. So we run mentoring programs in Derby. We've gone up to Carafe and the Pilbara. So trying to go around low socioeconomic areas. Yep. Um, and we'll... Were- uh, impact with them by providing mentoring programs through workshops centered around resilience, mentoring, mental health, mental illness. So yep. um, we obviously have a bit of more coverage as well in the Perth metropolitan area. Um, and then for, through that as well, we've got a couple of initiatives that we're, I guess I'm a professional athlete and have been very lucky enough to network with a lot of other athletes. So we're sort of trying to now get into grassroots sports and um, leverage of that peer-to-peer mentoring, which I yep. think is, is integral and really big
1: so are you the mentor or are you uh, essentially training other, yeah. other people in those communities to mentor
2: yeah i mean when kids. we go up to derby i mean obviously i'm not there all the time so it's mm. sort of tough we've got a guy up there trevor Memoir, who's a um an unbelievable individual there and he's there day in day out so mm. we sort of provide the resources and the tools that he needs to sort of impact these kids. So yep. we'll provide a program outline for 12 months using generally, usually sport as a vehicle to engage with these kids, yep. give them a little bit of motivation. Um, but then there are also ticking boxes along the way. And it's not just about mental health, but nutrition, um, effective communication, resilience, dealing with adversity and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we find those are pretty powerful tools. Um, mm. You know, when we're going, obviously, it's sort of grown. We're at that point now where it's like obviously being a professional athlete. It's tough. Right? Mm. We're ha- having two kids under two as well. You know, <laughs> it, I, my, sort of I'm, I'm stretched at times. So it's I sort can of, imagine. You know, how can we... Still... Driving all the way to Rockingham. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's trying to factor that in and go, well, you know, now try and bring more people that can f- facilitate those workshops, say, in those Perth schools because yep. whilst I love doing it, yeah, sort of, you know, you mm-hmm. want to, it can't be everywhere at once. Yeah.
1: What, what led you to um, helping people in that part of WA? Was there a, a trip you went on where you, yeah, s- you look, saw things going on that made you feel compelled to do something?
2: Yeah, a huge part of it was, um, so I sort of, uh, some time ago, a couple of years ago, uh, I had a friend that was the vice principal at Derby District High School, and he sort of asked me, do you want to come up to here? And I'd never, never been to any sort of, we'd done a couple of trips up to Broome, but I really wanted to get, I guess, when you say the Outback or, you know, like yep. the Kimberley, that's the Kimberley, like the spirit of the, and the Aboriginal and Indigenous culture there. That's like in, in that sort of town. Mm. So I went up there, self-funded, was self-funding a trip, and within basically booking my tickets, um, a 10-year-old girl took her own life yep. just around that time. Yep, um, I remember that story. Yeah, was and up in Looma. Yeah, yep. and I sort yep. of was like, okay, no matter w- how long I'm, I have the opportunity or position to give back, mm. got to got to do it. And so, I was quite naive that very first trip. Like I thought I'd have all the answers. Oh, I do this stuff up in Perth. I've run these workshops. Like it'll work, and it definitely wasn't the case. The culture is completely different. Yep. you know, you, some of the stories that you hear, are, I don't think people could write them. Like that, that's how. Yeah, you know, um, the resilience some of those kids will show. with um, relatives passing away, then you know, have to move to somewhere else and mm. it continues on, and it's it's yeah, it's tough. And so, mm. my biggest thing was, okay, I want to work with the people that's in there and the organizations, and then how can we help and how can we assist? Because we're not there all the time, so it's about collaboration, really. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing when they first said that. I remember saying that I, after the third day, I was presenting to a lot of the I guess leaders in the community, and I said, look. Um, how do I help? And he and a guy stood up and said, "That's the first time we've ever been asked." You know, it's usually, and I'll be he, here. I said, oh, "Usually, it's a white fella that comes up here asking for money, and we never get anything yep. back." And so that was that's huge. And now it's obviously mm. making the program sustainable, but being committed to coming up there and having some consistency within which those takes skills. a
1: work in itself, doesn't it? Yeah,
2: Fun thing to oh, have an idea
1: for a charity to keep it going and exactly sustain right.
2: It. Yeah, and for three years we go there, and you know, every single time I try and bring up some different people, and yep. and we'll work on. You know, bringing up different individuals, who, respective of what. Fellow athletes, field. yeah, or just, exactly. Just yeah, sort yeah. Of well, even like a nutritionist and... or a psychologist. Yep. Well, I mean, well, we've obviously got psychologists involved in the organisation to get that, but different athletes. But yeah, even like an AFL women's player because yep. they can impact girls directly and they'll, they, they'll have a better connection than I would, you know. Mm. So, and I think that's, yeah, that's what's important. And there's so many different stories that you can share. Mm. I think that's what it's about is building relationships building trust which is huge and especially in those communities because yep. you know you go what i love in, in 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 sorry in in the kimberley especially in derby those kids are so respectful and so appreciative of what they get yep. like their level of gratitude is ridiculous is there a little a
1: little bit of of uh, of ignorance do you think in the people who live in perth and oh, haven't been there for they, sure they i think maybe even, think they know what goes on there, I yeah, really have no idea.
2: No doubt. I think even like stereotypes, you know, like we go up, there's been a couple of times I've taken a couple of the players, I took Jesse Wagsar up one year, and, um, and I think like they've never been, I went to Luma and, um, you know, there's kids with no shoes just running around and mm. you know, la- our last trip we just went and donated about 50 shoes that they could use, but sort of, I think their first stereotype was, oh, like these kids were sort of, you know, they're not going to listen, they'll just run around, a bit chaotic. Mm they're the most respectful kids you ever mm. get in this world. And he mm. sort of just walked away and was like, where, well, how can I, like, what can I do more? You know, mm. that sort of, um, because they're so appreciative, you know. Yep. And I'll go up to other areas and you sort of, yeah, they, they, they're given the world. Yeah. And they their level of uh, respect is... Don't appreciate correct, it. Correct. You mm. know, and even like I'll do a school workshop in these schools and, and you know, say Peppermint Pepegro- Grove. And, you know, <laughs> and you go in there and the kids are sort of like, oh, well, who are you? <laughs> sort of, yeah. You know, and yeah. it's funny, and I'm not trying to cast aside Peppermint Grove. I love that area, but that's, you know, you are <laughs> not worried about how many Instagram followers you've <laughs> exactly got. Exactly right, but yeah, so that's that level that you just like, and that's that passion. You want to continue going back because you're like, they literally have sometimes no opportunity. Yep. Leaders within Derby will move to Perth because they um, there's no level of success. Like, There's tough, that transition, so yeah that's why I keep going mm. back and and why yeah try and make impact
1: it it seems like the wildcats obviously phenomenal success mm. on the court and we'll get, we'll get to that in a little while but uh you seem to have a good culture in there where you do do a lot of community work yeah for sure i think uh, as I said like the wildcats have done
2: i think our fan support is a good direct relationship of what we do in the community with mm. obviously the, the school visits you know going to- uh, hospitals to other engagements but um, I think you know when guys appreciate a lot. When guys can give back, they can get a true resemblance of what it means to actually have an impact on uh, on the community, not just by playing basketball. Yep. Um, you know, I always say that, like you know, just by sign, like signing for an extra thirty or forty-five minutes, like it's not that big in your life, but you're truly impacting some kids' life. That um, you know, I remember when I like I I, I snuck into a member's uh, function and touched Ricky Grace's hand, and you know, <laughs> still haven't and, watched yeah, it. Yeah, exactly right, <laughs> but. You know, like when guys can get that and, and go to that level and take away that, oh, I'm just a professional athlete, is, yep. I guess then you get a better appreciation of yep. what, you, what you're doing. And then you want to compete a bit more. You know, you appreciate what, you, what the club gives you. Mm. Um, because at the end of the day, you, you don't want arrogant uh, humans. And I, I think, mm. I mean, we obviously don't have that this year. Oh, and we haven't had that in previous years. But I think um, when there is people that don't acknowledge... Um, how lucky we have it or the yep. opportunities that the Wildcats give them. Um, I think that's when you, you, know, when you mm. really struggle both off, often mm. and on the court.
1: Uh, Greg, we need to head to a break, but uh, I want to hear uh, some of your own personal struggles uh, as a, a youngster as no, well. Perhaps as that's what set you yep. on this path. So uh, that's all coming up uh, after the break. This is WA's Inspiring Stories here on 882 6PR.
0: You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day. is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6BR brought to you by Barra and Oday. Welcome
1: back to Inspiring Stories. My special guest in this episode is uh, NBL Perth Wildcats star Greg High. Greg uh, tell us about your Time growing up. Mm. Which part of Perth did you grow up in, and 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 what was uh, what was the young Greg High like,
2: <sighs> mate? It's uh, it's actually sort of a bit unique. I grew up in Balga, so my yep. uh, family immigrated from Hungary. It's yep. uh, I tell the story actually a lot of speaking engagements, so. Um, and hopefully it's, I usually say keep in the room, but I found <laughs> out my parents were basically illegal immigrants and uh, hence why we were in Bagel we there for a month. So when I- illegal immigrants to
1: us, to, to Australia, Australia yeah. yeah. So
2: basically when they were in Hungary, Budapest, they sort of said uh, at that time in the embassy or whatever, I said, Oh, where do you want to go? Canada or Australia? Yeah. I said, if you move to Australia, they'll literally house you there will be everyone there for a month, and then you'll be fine. You'll you'll yep. you know, you'll be all good. Um, all Canada. and They chose obviously Australia.
1: This is this is post uh, World War Two. Yeah, it?
2: Yep. yep. So I hadn't. I wasn't. I was about to be born or thereabouts. So, okay. Yep. Um, and when they moved across, I only knew this because I was on a road trip. Matt Knight got concussed, and mm-hmm. they sent him home. One of the many times he got knocked out. <laughs> yeah. And I forgot my passport, and so we we're traveling to New Zealand. So they sort of said, "Look, can you?" get your passport. I was like, I don't even know where it is. Like and it was ended up being at my my now wife's house. Yeah. Um so I ended up going to the embassy, doing everything and they sort of said, Do you have well, one, first they asked me, Do you have your passport? And I was like, well, clearly not. That's why I'm here. Um <laughs> yeah. uh, but then birth secret, sure, do you have your mum's uh like you know citizenship papers and everything? And then I had asked my mum and mum's like Actually, no, because no, we were illegal immigrants, and I was wow. like, "Wow, oh, wow, okay." So, so,
1: so, what path did they take to actually get here?
2: Yeah, I just—I think they literally bought a ticket, but they didn't have any visas or anything like yep. that. And so, but it was like an agreement between like countries: like, mm. you just do this, and then you'll be there for a month or two. Oh, things and have then, changed a bit since yeah, then, haven't they? And then, like, and then you'll be fine. Um, and so, I mean, lucky enough. But like, my mum
1: didn't. So, is, to... is, is your is 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 higher like a. a an Australianized version of something. Unpronounceable. No, so it's Hiri, but my yeah. real
2: name's Gergelay because, and I used to get picked on all the time. Gergelay Hiri. Yeah, yeah Gergelay Hiri. That's, that's yeah, what we should be calling it. Yeah, basically. Because <laughs> Greg, like, obviously is Aussie yeah. for it because no one could ever pronounce my gay my name. No. And then, well, they used to always say gay gay. So, like, yeah. obviously back then I was, like, yep. getting teased all the time. Mm. So it was Greg. And um, mm. so that's how it happened. My mum didn't speak a link of English. The only way she. Um, learnt was door knockers. So wow. literally people come around, Jehovah's Witness, all yep. that sort of stuff. Like yeah, and then that's how she started to learn English. Wow. Um, and then her job first up was literally babysitting basically all the other illegal immigrants, their <laughs> that kids. That would have confused
1: the hell out of the yeah. Jehovah's Witness people coming <laughs> around invited in and actually right. have an English lesson yeah, with them. <laughs> so like but that was
2: yeah, so my like, I remember my first like my biggest memory, most vivid memories was babysitting with like twelve kids or 15 kids of all different nationalities because yeah. that was and my mum looked up and all the other parents were working. And so yeah. I loved it. Like, I, like yeah. I obviously had all kids all around and I got to stay at home, but yeah. So, yeah, grew up there, Balga, and then um, obviously, yeah, moved on later. I'll move up to Clarkson. You got your passport okay then? Got I was all good in the end. But any yeah.
1: any ramifications come out of that? No, or? no, I don't, I don't even
2: really know. I mean, I hope, I hope the, the immigration <laughs> department here, like, your mum's out of yeah, here. So, no, she's fine. Like, she travels and stuff. And yeah. I've ended up, like, starting the process of actually getting my, like, Hungarian, like, dual uh, citizenship yeah. just to, if I could ever play for the national team, I could. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a bit it's it's crazy for sure. Um, and it's sort of yeah, it's an interesting topic. Like obviously, like when you you talk about like um, situations and like my mum, like I never I thought oh she just moved over here well, but no, the difficulties yep. she sort of faced and really I guess yeah, I know it gives you a little bit of like a buzz. Like yeah, that's why I work so hard as well because you know she did try to provide an opportunity yep. and went out on a limb to come over here to a country that no one was here.
1: Did you, um, do you still feel a, a pool to Hungary? Have you got lots of family there Yeah, still? all my family's there. Yeah, so literally
2: yeah, right. my mum came out with my uh, father and then uh, my brother. Um, so that was it. And we've got, yes yeah, so and no one. So I literally, I I went back for the first time in a long time, back to Hungary a few years ago after we got married and yeah. uh, saw family for the first time, wow. met, met a grandma for the first time. Um, so it was pretty neat, yeah. And we've actually been lucky. I've had my cousin my auntie here for the last month. Um They don't speak a lick of English. How's your Hungarian? Horrible. Like the only (laughs) thing I ever knew growing up was "enyártsi kosshaló" and that's I play basketball because (laughs) I love playing it and "hodvort," which is how are you and and stuff like that. But um, it was quite annoying growing up because my brother was very fluent in it all. So whenever they wanted to talk about 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 me, they would speak Hungarian. So I knew I was getting in trouble, Um, and I just sort of was like, "Here we go." But yeah, so. Uh, well, I've always wanted to learn, but I sort of... <laughs> yeah, priorities. <yeah, laughs> yeah. You've got a
1: few other things yeah. going on in your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that was it, the growing up. and um, uh, Good yeah. um, good student. Was, was uh, the academics uh, of school no. a priority for no, you? No,
2: I was a bit of a class clown, and I still, I'm still a class clown on the team as well. Now, I, um, you know, like I lo- sort of love that sport was always my thing yeah. and then like when I went I went to Woodvale Senior High and um I was actually told um I wouldn't make it in basketball so like yes it sort of um put a bit more um pride in my education which I sort of was like no nah. and when I got asked to speak mm. <laughs> um many years later um by the same teacher to speak to the basketball group I sort of sent a gentle reminder to to that current yep. group of players, was like, look, people will doubt you, and people will tell you you're yep. not going to make it. But yep. if you do have a little belief and you work hard, you will. So, mm. yeah. So I used to do that. Um, the only cl- the only subject I really and I still do like uh, political and legal studies. I was like yep. top of my class, and I used to always say, oh, if I'd, I'd run for the prime minister or I'll be a politician, well, you can't, go on, you yeah, can't yeah, keep so your exactly right. go. And- <laughs> exactly right. So I was like near top of the class, um, which was nice. And then history, like I yeah it was. Well, like that but everything else I I definitely struggled at I mean I I struggled to say my th's so English wasn't the strength of mine and and maths wasn't definitely
1: uh, it's at what point then did you decide all right I'm gonna really pursue basketball
2: I always like I remembered always like you know when you're in primary school what are you gonna be when you're older and I was like professional basketball player professional yeah. basketball and that was always it, Were you always so. tall then even no, as a small i was the small. smallest. so basically i went when i went away from america for a trip like in year 10 or something i was or oh, year nine i went away in december and i was the smallest person in my team i was a point guard mm. and when i came back from that trip i was the second highest in the team like mm. a second tallest sorry and so yeah and then i just was like oh okay cool like now basketball's on and so it's all about opportunities like i mean when yeah. i was about 16 or 17 18 i My very first state team, like I didn't, they cut me and it was only, I was just hanging around shooting, waiting to get picked up by my mum. She always worked, so I'd I'd always be about an hour or two just by myself. And then the coach was like, What what are you doing? And I was like, I've been cut. And he was like, No, come back the next week. And then I ended up representing WA at the national championships and continuing to make on teams. And same deal, we had a couple of injuries, a couple of like an SBL Wanneroo. Yep. And lucky enough, um, yeah, just had a really good, like, breakout year, and mm. the Sydney Kings at the time, um, yeah, basically flew me out for a tryout, and um, they were just, yeah, they, they were keen on me. Mm. Um, and then they sent me to college for four years. So yep. it was pretty crazy. I mean, obviously, being high school and going back to that, like, yeah, we single home, like, yeah. so it was my brother. My mum used to work away sometimes three or four months. So it was sometimes right. just my brother and I. Um, and he, um, yeah, got into drugs and then in doing so like i sort of dabbled quite a quite a bit in sort of that uh, anti-social behavior drugs yep. alcohol quite prevalent um and so yeah sort of i'd you know i'd sleep at ovals and stuff like as 16 i was tall so i was going into nightclubs and doing all that sort of stuff so stuff that you know i acknowledge yeah not good at all and mm. i'm definitely not pride, proud about but it sort of shaped shaped the human i am now yep. so it was huge but um basketball was always that carrot and that was only until one point a coach like I fell asleep in a physical education class and so he sort of was like um something's up here like mm. you've got a guy that loves sport has a passion at who is falling can't stay water. awake yeah and yeah. so then was like let's get him on the right track and that gave me a, I guess enough a baseline of okay education because I need to go to college you need to have Meet some satisfactory requirements. So, this
1: is happening mm-hmm. while yeah. you're in the, the, the latter years of high school? Yeah, you like year 11, yeah. You start yeah, sort 12, of going yeah, down the wrong path. Yeah,
2: yeah oh, for sure. Like from yeah. that year 10, year 11, year 12, like, um, yeah, I remember, like, yeah, even as a year 11, and my mum was quite naive, and I'm sure she always mm-hmm. tries to say, like, okay, I knew what was going on. But I remember, like, going out to all out uh, in the morning just because I was always hanging out with an older group and mm-hmm. brother and that influence, and then coming home at six or seven in the morning, like, yeah. Um, and now I look at it, I'm like, you know, even as a parent, I'm like far out, like, what did I do? But, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of crazy cause I, cause lucky enough, like I was mentored and that's part of why I yep. love doing what I'm doing for that. Cause I sometimes see that same pathway yep. for people, but I definitely could have been down a completely different path. Yeah, um, if it wasn't for basketball and for having and was a it that,
1: support? Was it that teacher? Yeah. You notice you fall asleep? Was yeah. he the trigger to? Oh, for start?
2: sure. Yeah, for sure. Like Is not not around? not start the program, but yeah, no. Nah, he and like it was crazy when I ended up winning one of my first championships. He was my he actually was a yeah. coach as well as an SBO, yeah. and it's pretty crazy how it was just a full circle. And yeah, um, yeah, I've I've told him many of times, like yeah, he was and I, he didn't know that. Either, but it was until like I sort of started. I was like, no, you were the I guess the. Mm. the reason behind, yeah.
1: I guess, Greg High. And, and, you, and you then um, got involved with the the Rise Up yeah. gala dinner. Did that yeah. come out of that period of your life and, and you sort of, I suppose, seeing how people could be easily seduced by those uh, yeah. those sorts of things? I started three years
2: ago predominantly to raise money for You Focus. And I yeah. always, whenever I wanted to be, whenever, I started Stitching Time years ago because one, well, sorry, I'll take that back. I started a role with You Focus because... Uh, I had a family member that was struggling heavily with yep. mental illness yep. and I had a very close friend of mine that was going through a very turbulent time in his life um, and, yeah, and I really wanted to become educated and so I sort of leveraged being a Perth Wildcats player. I was like, you know, you have a, a lot of organisations crying out for people to be ambassadors mm. and so Bo Waters was uh, a mentor of mine yep. at that time when I was with the Wildcats and he was on the board of You focus so right. I was just speaking to him about it, and he said, become involved if you focus, and that was just perfect because then I ended up becoming educated. educator. I met Chris Harris, who's a psychologist. I could get a little bit of insight into actual mental illness. I was naive. Mm. I thought Mm. depression wasn't real, anxiety wasn't real, all that sort of stuff, you know, and that was seven years, eight years ago. It's obviously changed a lot over time, but um, that was sort of, that's how I got involved, and then obviously now Stitching Time's grown, and Rise Up Dinner's obviously grown just because, I guess the profile's
1: growing and, and yeah. more and more support. Yeah. Great. Um, we're going to head to a break, but after sure. that, we are actually going to talk about your um, basketball Yeah. <laughs> sure. <career. No> <laughs> we haven't even got there yet, <laughs> there but there's go. plenty to get through. You touched on your time uh, in, uh, in the US playing college ball, and yeah. then uh, we've still got uh, multiple NBL championships to go. talk about as well. So that's, uh, that's all coming up. This is WA's Inspiring Stories, brought to you by Barra and O'Day. More in uh,
0: just a moment here on 882 6 PM. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra and O'Day. Generations of excellence since 1888. This is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6 br Brought to you by Barra and O'Day.
1: Welcome back to WA's uh, Inspiring Stories. In this edition, uh, we are learning all about Greg Hire And uh, Greg, uh, NBL obviously has Mm. been uh, your profession uh, for some years now. You've touched a little bit on... uh, uh, you're playing as a you know a school age yep. kid, but um, uh, tell us about how you got uh, signed up uh, formally with the Wildcats. Yeah, I mean it's a huge part of my life now. Yeah. It's nearly taken a
2: third of it, really. But yeah, I, I came back from college, um, and I was kind of arrogant as well, like many kids that go to college. I think they've made it and it's yep. a bit of a better system, really, to be honest. Yep. And I uh, came back and. Um, and I don't like to admit it, but my coach at the time was Rob Beveridge. He used to always say I was overweight and pudgy and stuff like that. So mm. basically... You after, to, after you came college, back from yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I went away. And it's funny because when I left two years after college, I actually... Scott Fisher was the current coach at the time. I came yep. back and he basically offered me a contract and it was pretty oh, it was good money for a kid that's like you know mm. um that had a credit card debt going to college but, <laughs> but i was like well if i'm going to be offered a gig after two years i'll be offered a gig after four because i'm only going to get better you know yeah. and so um yeah it was no brainer go back to college do that get a degree uh but yeah i ended up just becoming a development player i didn't get awarded a contract um and so i basically worked well a development player, basically, your roles and responsibilities are basically like a contracted player, mm. except you don't get a salary. Okay. So my very first paycheck. So every game you play. Yeah, you yeah. A, if, if you, you get, get selected, paycheck. I was always yeah. selected, but yeah, my salary was six grand for the year. So, right. um, which yeah, so I worked three jobs. I don't even remember like my very first pay slip. Um, like looking at the daily, the hourly rate, and it was like a dollar seventy or two dollars forty, and I was like, I didn't know. that, I thought it was illegal, but to be honest, I'm pretty sure it. that's not yeah. in that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: you but need I to get the union out of that. Yeah, exactly.
2: But no, I loved it. Like I never once was I like, oh, like I, I was just pumped. Like I, I yeah. that was my dream. I always to play for the Wildcats, so to be in that squad, it was huge. You know, yeah. and. Um, so I worked three jobs. And just what, so bit,
1: what else were you doing to support yourself at the I time? I was
2: a youth support worker at the city of Wanneroo. I ended up being yep. a sports development officer at Wheelchair Sports, WA. Yep. Um, I ended up being a, uh, running the competitions manager at Lords. Um, and then obviously at City uh, at Wanneroo Basketball Club, I'd be like yep. the ref, referee manager, like mm. um, the like official. Like, I did a lot like... Um, Hence the nickname Mayor yeah. of Wanneroo. <laughs> exactly <Yeah>. right. So... <laughs> Basically, what if there was anything I could do with like money? I'd, yeah, sure, mate. Yeah. I need it. Like, um, so it was good. And then, lucky enough, were well, in a way when I first started, like, because your yeah. salary was six grand. But every time you travelled on the road, you got you got a bonus, mm. um, which was like a thousand dollars, I think, at the time, mm. which is a lot of money. Because right? mm. I'm thinking six grand, I get a grand. Like that's already like yeah, you know, I'm, that's a I'm sixth there. of what I'm <laughs> exactly. Gonna earn. So I was like, yeah, if a guy got hurt. And I was like, yeah, sick. Like, yeah. I'm traveling this week, so like, I didn't really care. So, it was crazy, but it was. It's all about opportunity. I was always say that we, when that happened, Matt Knight got concussed. I went up to New Zealand, and we came back, and I I trained really well. Like uh, Bevo loved me as a player, and I would always just you know trying mm. to trying to get better, and always trying to get feedback. Yep. But it was about, I think, the a, a third or fourth game on a road trip, and we had traveled from here, Melbourne, to back to New Zealand, and then yep. so. Guys were shattered, and obviously, yep. when I was development player, I never got minutes. Like I just yep. warmed up, and I knew that I was just the best cheerleader I could be on the yep. sidelines. But we got smashed on uh, against Illawarra. I think it was like a forty-point game heading yep. into the fourth, and so they're like, "You're gonna, you know, you're gonna get some minutes." And um, so I was sweet, and I ended up getting, I think, like six or seven boards in yep. in the last quarter alone, and and mm. having a bit of a well, like a good game, mm. and um, like it was a speech afterwards. Like I think. Brad Robbins and even maybe Bevo hadn't commented there. Like, there's a guy, there's a development player that's not barely getting paid, is showing more pride playing for the Wildcats than there's contracted guys. Like, yep. you should be of a, sort of ashamed of yourself. But mm. that was the moment where I put up my hand and was not like, okay, I have obviously played for the Wildcats, but I could play at that level. Yep. And that's all you need. Like, yep. you just need that one, I guess, opportunity. And there's been countless West Australians across. I've been asked all the time, even now playing SPL, It's like, oh, what do you think about that guy playing mm. in the SPL? I'm like, yeah, they trained well, but they had their moment when they were asked to play in an NBL game, and they didn't. They didn't perform, didn't and so up. when the bright lights got on, they didn't perform. And yep. you know, they just didn't grasp the opportunity, and unfortunately, mm. they can't play. And not everyone can play professional sports, so yeah. I was very fortunate, obviously, to get that. Um, and yeah, you talk about opportunities, then you know, season gets done. There was ten contracted guys then, and so I was like, basically, like, yeah, I, I put up my hand and said, oh, I'll have to move on to the next phase of my life. There is no yep. jobs here. I'd. You know, what what the, would that uh, have been? What were you thinking about? No, I don't even know. Like I like, was doing a cert for and like fitness, like gym yep. instructor. But to be honest, I was, yeah, I would have yep. not really known. Um, and so I literally was like a bit, okay, well, I'll just train, and see how, what happens. And Stevie Way ended up leaving because he ended up being relegated to a bench spot. So, and, uh, so a contract spot opened up and that yep. was all. I was like, crap. Yeah, and so... Mm. Basically, it was myself, Tom Jervis, who's now obviously part of the team. But it was basically between me and him, and because all year we were, he sort of came on late, but I was always yeah, above, above and beyond doing work, like the mm. actual individuals doing all that sort of stuff, and got that. He ended up getting the contract. We basically, I had a really good SBL season, so did he. Um, I'm pumped to say that he got a gig two years later or three years later because we're, te- you know, we were teammates growing up, so mm. he's one of my best mates. But. Yeah, it was sort of, i got that, and yeah, nine years now, later, I've obviously won a few a few championships, and, mm. and then got the vice-captain role, and sort of my role and grew, um, and it sort of changed, you know, it was the development player, to being contracted, to becoming, I guess, a sixth, seventh man, to then being a starter, to then coming back off yeah. the bench again, so it's yeah. been a very interesting career, but I mean, I've loved it, yeah. um, obviously a lot of hurdles and setbacks with injuries, but you know, when you win three championships for a club that you've idolised for your whole life... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's things that mm. you sort of hear you tick off, and that that's yeah, goosebumps more. So, of
1: in hindsight, how um, how important was that time playing college ball uh, in the Yeah, US? I think it always just helps growing up a little bit. Because that's. Yeah, because so how old were you when you. Yeah, you 18, went there? 19. You were 18. So you grow up. It's a big like, Yeah, it's a big so, step. I, mean,
2: I didn't. I was a mummy's boy. like So, mm. you know, like no washing, no cleaning, no <laughs> cooking. Like my. You know, when I first started, like I remember getting there first day in, in Miles Community College. And like, I had nothing. And I think they thought, oh, like, he's, you know, he's obviously an yeah. adult. Like, I remember my, like, for a week, I was just drinking energy drinks in the morning. Like, I hadn't, I hadn't. Down the beautiful thing we call coffee these days but <laughs> yeah so and then i was just having like what they called uh jelly i just yeah. had jam and bread and that was like and then i'd have like two minute noodles that i would just like eggs like i would use my kettle to boil eggs like <laughs> like that was just the life i lived you know and so like
1: people people camp with better like, camping with like better exactly but as a college like athlete
2: that. like and that was the thing. like i knew nothing about i was when you go over there, you think you're going into a professional environment. There's yeah. so many schools. Like So when I went over there, like nutrition, I was like, oh, surely whatever they're giving me is good. So mm. I was having fried chicken wings. And like, yeah. Oh, Surely no, this isn't bad for you. But yeah. but you, the biggest thing I think you learn is how to be an adult. Like yeah. You grow up and have some yeah. independence, which I think when you become a professional athlete, you obviously need.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, three championships mm. now to your name with the Wildcats. What's it like being part of uh, a team that's recognized as the most successful you know, finals-reaching professional sporting team in the world. Is there a certain pressure that goes with that? Oh, for sure. I
2: think playoffs, I think, you know, when I first started, it was so much. um, And it's funny how it's changed over the years. I remember when I first got involved, it was like, you have to make the playoffs. Like, obviously, championships were the thing, but it was like, we needed to break that record. And Mm. if you were the team that, like, lost, and it's still in the back of your mind, if you're ever the team that Mm. doesn't make the playoffs, like, I think everyone will be finding a new job because, like, that's just going (laughs) to happen. But... Um, but of now tea. it's like at a point because we won two championships it's like it's no longer like playoffs it's like if you don't win it yeah. honestly feels like a failure and even like i remember like last year it was like when we bowed out and i was like I, I i just felt i i guess that's just how dominant we have been or the organization yeah. being there's an expectation that yes we need to perform and you need mm. to be in the best position to win a championship and so when it doesn't happen it's like what like there's a lot of soul searching because can imagine we work extremely hard so then you're like well something's Not right here, so it's it's a bit it's a bit weird. But Mm. I think that's like the the beauty of working for an organisation that demands so much as you rock up every single day demanding excellence. And you know now we've recruited really well. Like that's the thing. The hot trainings if like people go there would be like this is more intense than a game on a Friday night because guys are battling to to stake a claim of of minutes. So and that's what I love. Like I love that competitive spirit. Mm. I think that's you know and. Guys that we've recruited have said that. That's not what it is at our organisation. Mm. I think that shows obviously by success.
1: Part of that winning culture. For sure. Uh, You mentioned before you've got two kids under two, so I want to ask you about those challenges. Uh, But we do need to head to a break uh, for a moment. Back with more uh, with Greg High in this uh, edition of Inspiring Stories here on
0: 882 6PR. You're listening to another edition of Inspiring Stories on 882 6PR for Barra and O'Day, WA's family-owned funeral directors. This is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6PR. Brought to you by Barra and O'Day.
1: Welcome back. Greg Hire is our special guest in this uh, edition of Inspiring Stories. Greg, uh, I feel almost uh, lucky and privileged that uh, you've you've got an hour free to come and talk to us, yep. given that you've got two kids at home under the age of two. That must be... Uh, it's fun. Uh, I don't, a don't get me wrong. I was just on the way, <laughs> on the way here,
2: calling my wife and making sure everything's alright. And she's yeah. like, yeah, "You better run home as soon as you done. So um, no, it, it's a, it's a lot of fun. But geez, yeah, no, they can tire full on, sure. huh? mate? It is. I mean, the best things in in, in your life. there's yep. no doubt about it. Um, you know, they've just changed my whole outlook on life, really. And um, you know, you, from a basketball sense to what you really appreciate, but. Um, you know, yeah. Every single day is something new, and yep. um, you learn, and um, you know, uh, you just appreciate like how loving they are, yeah. irrespective of what you know. Like, you think you buy the best toy, and you spend like some stupid obscene amount, but my son will be more pumped at opening the box. Oh, and totally. That, yeah, yeah and the wrappings, like, yeah, better exactly than inside. right. So, yeah, it's 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 crazy, but yeah, it's definitely sort of changed my outlook on life, yeah. and it's it's so it's I, I, yeah, absolutely love
1: you're in that pre-season mode at the moment though yeah, the season's not too mate, far away is so, um, how's that going to how's that going to work
2: yeah well, and that's the thing my wife is unbelievable you know that yeah. support and i think yeah sometimes you sort of um you marvel at what they can do mm. th- go through and you know i try and just get out the kids just to go shopping for 2 hours just to give a bit of a break but yep. she's she's never been yeah. um never yeah disappointed oh, yeah, yeah. she's just been un- 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 unreal but we've been at the moment, it's a very um, interesting time. I was, my my little boy, Sullivan, um, has gone up to a big boy bed. So yep. um, for the first couple out of times, of oh, mate, he was just, you know, the first time it ever happened, I was feeding my, my little girl, Finley, and, um, you know, I just heard this door open. I thought, what's going on here? Like, and I just thought it was the dogs. And um, But then next thing you know, he walked out, and uh, usually he cries out, but he just mm. walked out. And just shook his head at disappointment that I didn't go grab him. And then, like, <laughs> just got on his car and then, like, drove off. And I was like, did that just really happen? <laughs> so I told my wife, she's like, you left him in there for too long. Like, and I was like, I honestly didn't. Like, yeah. w- whatever. And then the next day I rocked up the training. I always leave before everyone's awake, really. And um, she goes, "He's he gave me the fright of my life. I said, what do you mean? She said, he woke up, walked to the side of the bed with his truck and sort of asked mum to get out of the room and start playing. And uh, this was at, you know, 6 o'clock. So... Yeah, it's great. So we obviously moved him to a big a yeah, bed, um, yeah. stro- well, like a bed he could just get out of. But um, uh, for, he never, you know, we did a self-settling. So, yep, yep. you know, and I I sort of, in a way, I sort of was like, oh, I couldn't really rock him to sleep. So I sort of yep. missed that or even having a nap, falling asleep yep. with me, but I didn't mind because you need his sleep, right? And um, so then 6.30, got up and 6 o'clock and then 5.30 and he'd come into our room and just hang out. And I was like, yep. oh, I love this, like, and to hang out with my son for a little bit. Like, I didn't get this moment, whatever. And then the the chain, the <laughs> times kept <laughs> getting lower, like yeah. five fifteen, four thirty. And I was like, we're done. No, yeah. you. And So we had to put the lock on
1: the door because he just
2: would <laughs> walk out whenever he wants. So it's <laughs> oh, he'll start last. learning to oh, pick that lock so. about, it. tell
1: me about it. It's been crazy. So, uh, coach, give you any uh, special concessions no, then for not turning at up to training? No, not bit at underdone. all.
2: Nah, nah. We're um, tra- 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 pretty full, and he's got two kids of uh, his yeah. own, but um. No, he's always, one of his finest lines is like, once you cross that white line, you, you're ready to go. So, yeah. Um, as I said, i I, I mm. smash a fair bit of coffee. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> like yeah. I, can, I can be honest with that. Uh,
1: but no. At least, you, at least you can legally take as much of that as you <laughs> exactly like.
2: Exactly right, yeah. yeah. I reckon if a starter
1: ever looked they'd be like, he's definitely got some kids because yeah. he, <laughs> he's about 600 milligrams of coffee. Yeah, but, yeah, it's good. Uh, um, you're great mates with Damien Martin. Yeah, I yeah. remember... Um, uh, lucky enough to host a, yep. a cancer charity ball last year and uh, he was up on stage yep. and uh, you seem, seem to have, have this yeah. thing where you dob each other in yeah, yeah. Um, for basically donating your time <laughs> yeah. to some sort of charitable course. Yep. So it's, you know, it's, a, it's a great prank that you play on each other, uh, obviously. But um, uh, Damon was also the, um, the, the celebrant at your wedding. Is that yeah, right? Yeah,
2: so... I mean, I'm a unique guy and um, I, we wanted things a bit differently. So, so we literally, we always wanted all of our friends to be heavily involved. And so, yeah. yeah ended what was up he us, like? Yeah, he wasn't, it's was his very first one. Now he's, he's actual, like, it's his business. Like he get he does, I reckon he does about 20 a year. He'd like, so I, I should be taking commission That's off amazing. him, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So, and then it was pretty crazy in the full circle, well, I think he, well, he asked his sister, his brother, his other brother, and then I think someone else, maybe a, a dog walk on the street, to be his celebrant at yeah. his wedding, and they all said no, so then he asked me. So then I ended up having to be qualified as well. But, oh, so you did his wedding? Yeah, so I did he his up in Sydney too, yeah, so yeah. Um, which was funny. But I hope you uh, stitched
1: him up then, given that you were Mate, second. this is the most
2: stressful thing. Because I'm obviously pretty calm like of guys, and I don't really care, and Damo he was like... I think I stressed them out because I actually was like <laughs> even the night before and they're all, you know, having laugh and I was like, oh, look guys, I'm going to get yeah. to bed early and, and get yeah. this job done. I never felt so much pressure before. So, um, yeah, I honestly didn't really like, that was such a blur. I remember someone video recorded it and I was like, I don't remember any of it, like as yep. bad as that is. Um, and so someone was like, oh, okay. so the only, I've done that wedding and my, uh, my now mum and dad, like she remarried in their yep. wedding. So and that's more than likely unless... You know, <laughs> that, that's you, Gunn. Su- special, because I just want to enjoy the day, so... Um, yeah, exactly. You don't do that sort of pressure. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Dan, but he's all about the money, so he's... Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's he got in the judges, business of so his own. Judges exactly top rate, right, right. does he?
1: Mate, like, we all know about weddings. As soon as you he oh it, yeah. yeah, it's dollar signs. You so, triple everything. <laughs> exactly. Um, tell us how you met your your wife,
2: Ainsley. Yeah, she actually played at Wanneroo Basketball, so I... Yeah, we um, knew a couple of uh, just... Yeah, friends, um, and so basically... Um, I tried to make the moves on her straight mm. away. She was tall, I was tall, you know, so I thought uh, so, yeah, yeah, this is be right. In yeah, yep, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and um unfortunately she went for a guy with a car and um rejected me for about for, for a teammate. Yeah. So um yes, yeah, so, so I, but this is, this is what's happened in life, it's just persistence and I wore yeah. it down and basically as I was going to college she sort of fessed up that she had feelings and I was like, Yeah, we're on here and um yeah, so basically as soon as we didn't want to do a long distance for a year and then was like, "No, nah, we'll obviously do her feelings for her. Yep. And then yeah. So it's been then and yeah, got married obviously with Damon being a celebrant and two kids later, and <laughs> it's, it's been um, an absolute blast. But yeah. So I like to say she rejected me at first, but I ended up winning. So No
1: wonder your little tackers are climbing out of the bed <laughs> yeah, exactly so early. Well. They're probably right, little giants, are tell they? He's off, yeah. they're, they're off the charts. So, yeah. um, I tell you, the, the f- grocery bill was ridiculous. <laughs> so I think he eats more than me. You'll have to keep working. Well, just just lastly, obviously you've got a lot on your plate. You can't play basketball forever. Yeah. Uh, your charity's... You know, going great guns at the moment. What are you going to do? Yeah, I think that will to, to pay the. No, bills?
2: I think it'll. I'll stay in that in that field. I mean, obviously, yeah. if that if our organisation gets to a point where you know that can be something that's sustainable, and I can yeah. you know work and and continue doing workshops and to to be paid in that field, yeah, of course. But my passion is youth and, and impacting yep. communities in that way, and so it'd be a no-brainer to go and to stay involved, whether it's yep. that's you know using sport as a platform or a vehicle mm. to engage with kids, but definitely that field for sure.
1: Well. I wish you all the best with thank it, you. not just with your charity stuff, but with the upcoming season as Appreciate well. It, mate. Don't be on the, the first uh, <laughs> Wildcats team no. not to make the playoffs <laughs> no. in 100 years. No, but, uh, a no I'm sure we've got nothing to worry about. Good luck with everything. Thanks, and uh, thank you very much for coming in and sharing your story. Pleasure. You've been listening to Inspiring Stories here on 882 6PR. Everyone has a story to tell. Uh, and this one, Greg Hyres, brought to you by Bower and O'Day. We we'll look forward to you joining us again next time as we unearth another WA Inspiring Story.